Welcome to Parenting in Acadia, a podcast brought to you by Woman's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. Okay, welcome to Parenting in Acadiana podcast. Um, Today with us in the studio, we have Robin Ferguson. She is, um, I don't want to say a jack of all trades, but she does so many things. She is co-owner of Cycle Bar here in Lafayette, and she has been teaching a class for Women's Foundation for several years. It's called Teens with Life Choices. So in this class, she works with teen girls to sort of make a... um, fire drill for life, I think is what we've been calling it. So Robin, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you coming today. Thank you for having me. Did I did I miss anything? Because I know you've taught other classes. You're highly involved in the schools, uh, your children's schools. So is there anything I missed? Nope. You got it. <laughs> I have um, two kids. Actually, my daughter just graduated two nights ago from high school. So Congratulations. she will be at UL next year. So, um, And then my son just finished his first year at LSU. That's exciting. So, very exciting. So you got them through yeah. um, the teen years unfazed. And they're a little tricky to navigate sometimes, but um, definitely ways to help them in that process. And the information um, with the teens and life choices that we provide uh, in our classes at the Women's Foundation has been invaluable to me as a parent um, to help me help them navigate through those years. So let's talk a little bit about um, that program. It's based on a, a great book, uh, and we can maybe talk about some of some of the things that we teach the kids in the program, and maybe so that the parents listening can apply those things to their own their own kids. So the book is The Six Most Important Decisions You'll Ever Make, written for teens by Sean Covey, and they hit the six main topics that kids are going through as they're going through those teen years. Um, which are school, friends, parents, dating, addictions, and self-worth. So we focus on each one individually, um, bring in different ways that we help them, uh, give them tools to remember things as well as get the information. So when they come into the Women's Foundation and we do the class or when we go outreach into the schools, we will do skits, we'll do posters, we'll do drawings, we do a lot of um, interaction and role play. It just really helps you, like you said, a fire drill for life. When you've practiced a scenario that may arise, to know how you'd respond so that when that um, is presented to you in real life, you've kind of thought through it already. So your decision is a little easier to make. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it before, when you're in the stress of that immediate situation, it it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Um, You just have to remember, go back and remember all of the things that you've already thought through. So let's talk about each one of these decisions maybe real quick and why each one is important and what parents maybe should, could say to their kids. Um, Let's start with school, I guess. (laughs) You know, uh, we grow up our kids are growing up in a, in a much different world than we grew up in with social media mm-hmm. and things that are put on the internet and on their different accounts are there forever. 
So they really are called to be socially mature at a much younger age than their brains are actually ready to be socially mature at. So there's a lot of responsibility um, on the children, which in turn puts a lot of responsibility on the parents on how to help them um, navigate through that. And I know we've discussed that, um, you know, as parents, we didn't have those phones. We didn't have those apps. So we kind of have to try to stay abreast of the ever-changing, evolving, because it changes so rapidly these days, Um, things that they're being presented with on their day-to-day life and try to help them navigate the best way we can. And so, you know, one of the things the book really focuses on on each decision is really helping children figure out their core values, their principles, if you will, and those standards that they're going to live by because it doesn't matter if you bring that standard into parents or friends or school or dating, it's your standard. And so you, you will pull your decisions in to live up to that standard. So help them, them really identify um, who they are, what their character is, how they want to be seen by other people, how they see themselves. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that when we get to self-worth. But with a school, uh, it's so important for them to understand that you have to really start thinking about your classes and your um, grades and really early. I mean, by middle school, you really need to have a solid foundation because once you hit high school, I mean, you're off and running. And by the time you hit senior year, um, you know, case in point, we went to graduation the other night and, you know, you're recognized by your levels and your grades, Mm -hmm. but then you're also recognized by how many honors classes you took yeah. or AP classes you took. Yeah. So, I mean, your ch- child could have had a great GPA but didn't stand out in graduation because they didn't take enough honors classes. Well, that's just planning, and that's just having to know right. beforehand. Um, and where? Do, why does that matter? Well, it matters if you want to go into college and apply for a scholarship because they look at that kind of thing. Or, you know, to be prepared to take the ACT. I mean, there's you know, kids every year at school that are in their high school guidance counselor's offices crying because they can't get into, you know, said school that they've always wanted to go to because they didn't have the grades. Senior year, they had great grades because they decided they wanted to, but it's a cumulative GPA. So you really have to start thinking about that um, from the get-go. So making decisions in schools. And, you know, a lot of school is just like life. It's showing up. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by showing up is not only going to class, but being present, taking notes, reaching out to your teachers, being involved, asking questions, um, and then how you approach your study habits when you get home and how you make those decisions to do what's necessary to make the grades. Um, and then if you're going to get involved, if you're going to be in the in a sport or you're going to join a campus ministry or you're going to get involved with a French club, whatever it is, I think it's really important to encourage children to get involved in their school in some way. It enriches their high school experience, and those students, it's just been shown, statistically have better grades the more involved they are. And that, that too, is um, a segue into life, too, really. It's, it helps you find your uh, the people who share your values, the, the people who... Um, you can then recognize that you connect with. It just gives you a more 
personal experience. Um, that's when school becomes more than just grades. I exactly. Think. And it's, it's important to have that as well. And you said it, it um, helps you find out your crowd and the people you connect with. And that's the second topic is friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> so it segues straight into that. And, you know, when you're talking with your friends, your children and helping them to guide um, decisions very gently, um, kind of nudging them along the way when they're younger and, and finding their friend group, it's important they share the same values mm-hmm. and have the same principles. Because, you know, as a people, we tend to do what our friends are doing. Um, They say if you look at your five closest friends, then you really see a snapshot of who you are because you're accumulation of the five people that are closest to you. Um, You know, whether you value integrity, honesty, hard work, um, like to have fun, you know, whatever it is, you'll gravitate towards those people. And then you'll also be influenced by those people. Um, so when you're looking for your friend group, you know, I always told my kids, you know, really think, is that how I want to be seen? Yeah. Is that the model of how I want other people to see me? And just kind of plant that in their brain so they can kind of think about it. And along the way, they just tend to steer towards those children that share the same values that they do. And I guess this um, brings up why it's so important to help your child identify their core values and to talk about the the characteristics that um, they value, they respect, all of those things, because then it's easier to find them in others. Exactly. If you don't think about it and you can't see it in yourself, you don't understand why it's important for you, then it's a little bit harder or maybe more challenging, or maybe you're not even thinking about that to see it in other people. Yep. And then that also aids them in helping them stand up to peer pressure. Mm -hmm. Because when you have those core values decided already Mm -hmm. and you're approached with a certain situation, then you know how you're going to respond because you know deep down what your core values are. So you know there's certain things you don't tolerate in a friend, so you don't even put up with it, you know, whether it's dishonesty or bullying or whatever it is. You know, you know that those are things you don't put up with, so... You end up either losing that friend, you kind of distance yourself, or you stand up to them and you confront them with it. Um, and there's probably times to do both. Mm-hmm. So keeping that open line of communication with your kids um, is very, very important. I used to say my daughter comes to me with everything, which is good and bad, because you hear things that you really wish you didn't hear <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And um, no, but it's all good. It's definitely good. Uh, so you can kind of open that dialogue with them. And then really using open-ended questions, mm. like not saying, oh, well, yeah, you shouldn't be friends with that person. because No, open-ended questions. Well, you know, when they did that, how'd that make you feel? You know, would you want to treat your friend that way? Would you ever treat, you know, kind of turn the tables around as well? Um, because there's some things that they'll talk to you about, and, you know, you have to remind them, yeah, you used to do that too. Mm-hmm. So cut them a little slack, mm-hmm. a little forgiveness, always important. Um, learning to forgive others is so important because it's how we learn to forgive ourselves. And that's so important as well through life. So just keeping that open dialogue open is so important, um, which segues into our next decision, the third one, which is parents. 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 Yes, what a good one. Yeah. And I love um, some of the questions I think that we ask of the students is just to think about what kind of relationship do you want to have with your parents? I mean, do you really want to go home and be upset 
every day and every night is is that how you want your home life to be and if not how can you participate in making it better how can you participate in establishing a good relationship you know it is uh, definitely a two-way street and what children don't realize until they're older until they get into those later teen years um, is all the stuff that they have to deal with in life, their parents deal with stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their parents are, are struggling with work and jobs and, um, you know, relationships with friends as well and all those kind of things. So, you know, their parents have good days and bad days just like they do. Um, but deciding what type of relationship you want to have with your parents and, and keeping that line of communication open um, is so important and that trust. Uh, you know, I know it's a huge thing for parents to be able to trust their kids. And once you lose that trust, it is really hard to uh, to get it back. And, and it goes both ways. Um, so, you know, above everything, it's respect. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping an open line of communication. And you know what? You're not going to agree with every decision your parent makes. You're not. But your parent's not called to be your friend. Right. Your parent's not called to be your best buddy. Your parent's not called to let you have everything you want they're there to guide you and um, what you have to realize is that no matter the decision your parent makes it's made out of love right so if they give you a curfew and you don't like your curfew it's nine o'clock you know step back and think well why well you know or maybe go ask your parent why do I have a curfew at nine o'clock my friends are ten and then but not belligerently or angrily Mm -hmm. just just open line of communication and see if you can get to the bottom line where you understand it um that you know after that time they're scared because things happen that you know aren't in your best interest and and they want to know that your home's safe so there's probably a reason behind every decision they make and that reason is always going to be stemmed in love it's not going to be because they want to hurt their child or punish their child or um you know so they're trying to guide you along the way and a lot of times i find that parents don't want their children to make the same mistakes they did right which you know that's not always avoidable um but a lot of punishments or restrictions or what have you are geared because of that yeah I find too yeah something else that um I'd like to think about because my kids or they're not teenagers yet they're right on the cusp they're getting there is that um I need to remind myself that these conversations are so important. And right now, my child might not want to talk to me about these things. They might roll their eyes or they might, um, it look, in their face, it looks like they're shutting down. And I have to remind myself, they do hear me. Whether they're showing it or not, they do hear me. And I just have to keep plugging away and bringing it up because at some point in time, they will turn to me and they will need me and they will remember, remember the things that I said. Most definitely. So that, yeah. I mean, that's hard as a parent because when you're sitting there talking to a teenager who's rolling their eyes and, you know, sighing and just, oh, Mom, we don't, we don't need to talk about this. You just have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, relationships are hard and you, you have to put in the effort. And I think that's something it's easy to sort of throw your hands in the air as a parent and just kind of walk away. But as parents, we have to remember to do that too. Yeah. And, you know, they're always watching. Yeah. They're watching what you do all the time. Yeah. And, it, you know, you have to be that person of integrity, too, if you want them to be. So you have to back up what you're doing with what, what you're saying with what you're doing. Right. You know, it's a, it's a two-way street. You can't say one thing and do another. 
um, if you don't expect them to do the same thing. And another thing I always find with kids, I mean, even my own, and I have a boy and a girl, but especially my friends that have like two boys or Mm -hmm. two girls, is, and I feel like I've been over backwards not to compare my kids, but they still feel compared. Mm. You know, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so in this, or he's better than me in this, and I know you wish I could be better like him. And so that's really, really um, important for parents to be aware of mm-hmm. to don't get in the comparison game don't get in the right. he makes better grades than you why can't you do that or you know that's always a dangerous path to go down so something one of those landmines of parenting to try to avoid yeah and be aware of because it really does impact kids emotionally it's very um important to realize that yeah yeah so i think this brings us to number three is it which is dating dating oh wow I haven't, uh, we have not hit that part yet. (laughs) Which is friends on a whole nother level. So, you know, at the Women's Foundation, when we talk about this topic, we talk about brainless dating versus um, smart dating, basically. So you want to date, same thing as with friends, people who have your same core values, um, people that you would bring home to meet your parents, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, not meeting somebody on the internet, which is, uh, again, one of those things our kids have to deal with that we did not have to deal with. Um, And meeting kids um, that you're going to date, meeting, you know, potential dating partners at um, safe places too, Mm -hmm. if you're going to meet them, don't go meet them somewhere alone, you know, Um, at, church or at a coffee shop or at a restaurant or at the mall you know somewhere where there's people around and you know we uh, always encourage group dating go out with groups of friends it doesn't have to be a one-on-one situation where you might feel pressured and know yourself Mm -hmm. so if you're one of those people who um, if your child is one of those children who will succumb to pressure then don't put yourself in a situation where something might happen that you feel pressured so make sure you always go with a group of friends or you always go meet at a sporting event or something like that. So just really know, again, going back to knowing yourself and knowing your core values and gravitating to the people who um, have the same core values and then knowing yourself in certain situations mm-hmm. and thinking through them before you go. Mm-hmm. You know, if this does happen, you know, we always told our kids, you know, it didn't matter if you were somewhere and you were in trouble, whatever, you were not going to get punished. Don't worry about calling us. Call us. We'll come get you. No questions asked. Right. No questions asked. We've never had to use it. But um, they always knew that that was there. They always knew they could call either one of us anytime something like that would happen. So I think that's really important, too. A lot of families I know have a code word. Right, yeah. Um, we didn't have a code word. We just said call. We'll come get you. Um, so that's important as well. So, and, you know, it's kind of full circle. So if you choose the right friends, they can help and support you whenever you do decide to date, and they can maybe help you, you know, if if the person you've chosen to date, if they're doing things that are uncharacteristic or not within your core values, if you have the right friends, they can remind you of that too. And, of course, parents are there to do the same thing. Right. Right. You know, a lot of times you're more comfortable talking with your friends than your parents when it comes to dating. But 
uh, I think it's important to talk to your parents and keep that line of communication open as well because your parents dated at some point in time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had to go through all of yeah. that. So the next one is addiction. Addiction. This is a big one. It is a big one um, because you know we say addictions and your mind, you know, is geared to go towards drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. But there's so many things these mm-hmm. days that can cause addictions, um, that can cause problems socially um, or emotionally, either one actually. And it's cell phones. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, being addicted to certain apps, um, being addicted to shopping. You know, we talk about that or mm-hmm. food. Video games. Video games, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so really to understand and be aware of those landmines as well when it comes to addictions and to notice the signs and you know if your parents are you know limiting your time on the computer or your time on the phone or your time on the tv or whatever it may be um it again out of love to help you Mm -hmm. with things like this um and if you are you know you feel you might have a problem if a child feels keeping that open line of communication open so they can go and talk to someone. Um, School guidance counselors are a really good resource as well. I know uh, both of my kids reached out to them when they would struggle with different things and were always uh, very appreciative of the help they received. Because, again, a lot of times, you know, they don't want to come to a parent. And eventually, hopefully, they do. But um, school guidance counselors are also a really great source for them to talk to. That's awesome. Um, one thing that I, I noticed in, in the book that I really liked is um, it talks about, you know, an addiction, if it's, even if it's drugs or alcohol, but if it's something other than that, like Facebook or social media or video games, um, it takes away your power. So it becomes, that thing becomes more powerful than you and, um, you know, it controls you. Instead of you being able to control your own life, you succumb to to the power of having to play video games eight hours a day instead of... It takes away your freedom. So you you lose your freedom, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, You know, whether it's an addiction that is highly expensive, so it takes your money, so it takes away your freedom to, you know, buy things that you might have wanted to buy because you are um, addicted to whatever it is you're having to buy. Um, or if it's something like Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram or Snapchat that's taking away your time. Um, there's so many different addictions out there. And when you talk to people uh, who have gone through that, you know, the one thing I've heard is they'll say, I just want my life back. Yeah. I just want my life back. Yeah. And with addictions, it's funny because so many people think to themselves, I'm stronger than that. I can stop anytime I want. I can, but the reality is that most people can't, most people cannot. And addictions can take over and control their lives, um, can destroy families, can destroy relationships, can destroy your grades at school, can really wreak havoc. And, you know, luckily there are a lot of avenues these days that you can reach out and get help. And the earlier you catch it, the better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a reason why the drinking age is 21. It's a reason, you know, why anybody who does any type of illegal drug or, you know, even some prescription drugs um, or alcohol, before their brain is fully developed, they are seven times more likely to become addicted. Mm. So 
again, you have to make those decisions when you're young because they're faced with a lot of these things that we didn't have around us all the time. And if they do go down that path at a younger age, their likelihood of becoming addicted is much greater. Yeah, yeah. And it's just important, just like everything else we've talked about, for parents to talk to their kids about these things and to point out, you know, looking at your phone every second of the day could is an addiction. It yep. is taking away your freedom and help them to start thinking thinking about those things in those terms because they probably they probably don't even think about it that way. No, because again, their brains aren't mature enough to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. And they have a much different brain. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who was a physician. Um, she's retired, but she was for years. And she said, if you study the brain, you know, of a 50-year-old, 60-year-old, and you study the brain of a 15-year-old, I mean, they're much different neuropathways now because of how things are developed because of the computer use and, and those types of things and the different activities they're involved in. Um, they're not as physically active as we were when right. we were younger. Right. So it's a much different brain. Um, and the same thing about, you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, you know, the younger you are exposed to those things, the more chances you have of your brain um, getting wired towards that, towards that addiction. So, you know, I know it's, I mean, when my kids were uh, going through that, you know, those phones were just coming out. Some of their friends were getting some in sixth grade, but, you know, we were holding off till eighth grade. But now it's younger and younger. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I guess they all have them. That's your, I mean, that was my kid's answer, I think, to me in sixth grade. Mom, everybody has one. I'm like, everybody, really? (laughs) So let's look at everybody. So So that brings us to... Self-worth. Self-worth. Is this the last one? That's the last yeah. one. This was a big one because it's huge. when we, um, in the evaluations after, you know, we always ask the participants, the kids to fill out an evaluation. And this is the one they always say, I wish we had more time. You know, the, the class is, is we, we have to stay on a schedule, but this is the one that's, um, I think is important. It's super important for these young kids but I think as adults, we we still struggle, all of us, a lot. With oh, definitely. This one. There's a, two videos that we love to show them. They're the Dev Evolution videos. And one, uh, they take door entrances into buildings, public buildings, in different countries. And one of the doors above it says beautiful. And above the other door, it says average. And then they film people walking in and when you see that big huge gigantic beautiful world an average word um you know they have to choose which door they're going to walk in and it's always very enlightening to to watch how people decide and their reaction um Mm -hmm. afterwards so being aware and having again that fire drill think about it so if you were approaching those doors which one would you walk in you know each and every one of them should walk through that beautiful door. Right. Most definitely, each and every one of us. But, you know, as adults, what would we do? Right. Which door would we walk in? Um, so how we see ourselves and how we value ourselves, which is self-worth, right, what we're worth, impacts every other decision. It impacts what we do in school. It impacts how we interact with friends. It interacts what we do with dating, what we choose to do, approach with addiction. So that self-worth, to me, that capstone decision um, is so important for all the other decisions 
And the other one we watch with the kids is they bring in an FBI artist, and he sketches their face. They don't see him. Mm -hmm. They don't see the picture, but they have to describe themselves. And then they have to describe someone they met in the waiting room. And so he draws a picture of both of them. So then they come back later, and they see the picture of themselves that they described and the picture that the other person described. And, you know, without exception, every single picture that they self-described was not nearly as attractive as the one that the other person described. So just being aware of how harshly we judge ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we can show the compassion to other people, why can't we show that same compassion to ourselves? And having kids really understand that at an early age, the earlier you learn that, um, the easier it is to pull into adulthood. It's hard to change it once you become set in those ways. It definitely can be changed, and I think mm-hmm. it's important to change if you know that is a, a self-perception you have of yourself that needs is a negative one that needs to be turned to a positive. But helping them build those positive um, self-pictures of themselves when they're young definitely serves them well through life and into adulthood. And it serves them well when they make decisions, um, when they're approached with, you know, the, the choice to make a bad decision or not make a bad decision. If they value themselves and they know their principles, they're much more likely to make the good decision. So really helping them understand and dive into that uh, picture of themselves. They do that too. They draw a picture of their character, what they mm-hmm. represent, or who they are, and uh, you know, we do those boards. Those are my favorite. Yeah, the, the not a focus board. What is it called? A dream board. Dream we call them dream boards. Yeah. Um, this is just maybe sort of a, a side note, but I was having lunch with a group of my friends yesterday, just yesterday, and we are all adults. Clearly, none of us are in our teens. We're all adults, and um, we went around the table and shared one thing that we learned this year just one new thing that we learned new this year and one of my friends um said she said said I've learned that I have to teach myself to be kind to myself I'm kind to others it is so important to just be kind to me and I was just thinking while we're having this conversation like that's something that I need to tell my kids the kid our, our children need to know that because it's hard for me as a grown adult to even just be kind to myself. And that's that's not, it's not fun. And when you <laughs> see that your kids are always watching you. Right. And how you react that way. You know, my husband will say all the time, okay, my husband is anything but fat. And he'll say something about he's fat, you know, whatever. And I laugh at him, I blow him off, whatever. Um, well, then, you know, my daughter hits her teenage years and all of a sudden she's talking about being fat. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, and, and dad says this and I'm like, oh, yeah, they hear everything we say. Um, you know, and he's semi-joking. He's crazy. But so you really have to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And things how you self-talk. Self-talk you, is big. Self-talk yeah. is big. And, you know, being able to forgive yourself. That's another one. You had mentioned that earlier, and it's true. If if you're going to show compassion and kindness to others, you have to be compassionate and kind to yourself. Forgive yep. yourself so that you can forgive others. One thing I definitely want us to talk about really quick uh, for parents is what happens when your child does make a bad decision, because they're not going to. They're probably not going to make 
good decisions every single time. So how can parents guide their children through times when they do make bad decisions? You know, I think a lot of it does, there is some variance with child to child and with decision to decision, you know, how, what was the bad decision. But overall, again, learning to forgive yourself, mm-hmm. helping your child get past it, um, helping them really reason out why that wasn't a good decision. Mm-hmm. And depending on what the decision was, you know, maybe it's not a punishment, maybe it's a way to correct the decision. Maybe it's a way to make it better, to, you know, if they treated a friend very badly. Maybe it's an apology letter to their friend. If, you know, they were disrespectful to a teacher. You know, maybe it's a face-to-face, I'm sorry, you know, whatever it is. Um, So finding ways that aren't um, something that's going to make the child feel bad about themselves uh-huh. or worse about themselves. Because typically, when a child makes a bad decision, they know it. Yeah. They already feel bad. Yeah. You know, and putting this big, huge punishment and yelling and screaming, you know, never does any good. Makes them feel worse. Mm-hmm. Never helps them in that self-forgiveness area mm-hmm. um, or self-worth area. So, again, figuring out what it was. What's the corrective action for it? Helping your child understand it. You know, and a lot of times when you're really angry, you just got to walk away. Uh, yeah. You can't because your reaction at that exact time and moment, because, um, I mean, we've all had um, parenting moments where we've reacted immediately and been like, yeah, so probably that wasn't the best thing to do. So what can I do to correct that now? But so a lot of times, like, I'll just I walk away. Um, and then think about it, you know figure it out, and then come back and sit down and rationally talk to them. Because, you know, especially with my daughter, what I found out is when voices start being raised, then everybody wants to keep raising them louder and louder and louder. And next thing, you're screaming, but nobody's hearing anybody say anything. So a lot of times just walking away and coming back. Um, But I think the biggest thing when children make a mistake is to help them figure out how to make it better. Yeah, that it's okay. People, everybody makes mistakes. Yep. We revisit the core values and then talk about how to make it better or how to get back on track. And, you know, maybe um, like I love role play. Role play is great. And think about if I was approached with that situation again, how could I have handled it instead? So there's your fire drill. So when that situation comes up again, because we tend to repeat situations over and over, right, this is how you can react instead and coming up with a plan for the next time. I love that. So, Robin, what is the one thing you'd like parents to to take away from this conversation? If there's one thing you hope that they hear, what would it be? I think the most important thing we can give our children, without a doubt, hands down, is our unconditional love. And just being there for them, spending time with them. Yeah. And that make you can't make up for that. Yeah, yeah. And it goes by so fast. I can tell you now that I have one that just graduated from high school and um, one in college. I mean, it goes by so fast. I mean, people tell you that, but you don't really understand it. And there's not a single soccer game or basketball game or track meet or that I regret going to, you know, Mm -hmm. there's not a single one. Oh, I wish I hadn't gone to that one. No, I wish there were more. I wish I could go again next year. Um, So just really cherish those moments. Realize that they go by really fast and what they need more than anything is our love. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so, so much for being here today, for going through all of these six big decisions with us. I really appreciate you being here. Um, And to you parents out there, thank you so much for listening. This is Parenting in Acadiana Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and iCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate you. Um, So thank you so much from Women's Foundation, Parenting in Acadiana, and our great guest, Robin Ferguson. Thank Thank you. you.